Hello, and welcome to My Spectrum Life Podcast. My name is Jessica. I'm an autism mom, and with me is my wonderful co-host, Kelsey, who is a registered behavior technician, as well as a special teacher. Yay! I remembered what RPT means. Yay! Uh, yeah, I, I knew eventually I'd get it, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. So how are you doing today? Uh, I'm actually finding? doing really well. Um, I'm actually in the state of Florida today, broadcasting from Florida with y'all. Um, nice. It's not really a sunshine state right now. It's kind of raining. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh, trip down was a breeze. Oh, um, that's good. That's good. So how I'm are you? That, I, I'm doing good. Um, back up in the studio um <laughs> as my husband my husband's office where he does all his stuff um and uh all the different podcasts that he does so you know might as well get me up here now that i can climb the stairs Yay! so that's awesome um but yeah things are going really well we are actually looking at two weeks until school starts for my kiddos three weeks for state of south carolina right now Yep. Uh, because we're, uh, because we attend, um, Connections Academy in Tennessee and it's virtual in the first place. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't get a late start. We don't get nothing. No. Nope. <laughs> Keep nope. on going. <laughs> wow. So I know that's been a struggle for so many right now is trying to figure out what's going to happen for school, what they're going to do with their kids. Um, whether they're going to, I mean, I've seen so many things on Facebook, so I hope that, you know, everybody is really, you know, you decide what's best for your family. Right, exactly. And don't let um, any other judgment affect you. Exactly, exactly. Well, school's not what we're going to talk about today. No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> no. Um, there is uh, something that we felt that we really needed to talk about, and that was how to connect to somebody with autism, uh, because there's so many really bad ways to go about it. Right. But before we get into it, we've got two terms of the day that are going to help us with this topic of connecting. So mm -hmm. our first term is nonverbal cues, which is body language, face expressions, and actions. Correct. So actions maybe like behavior mm -hmm. um, or actions in walking away. Um, those are all nonverbal cues, crossing your you know, arms mm -hmm. talking mm -hmm. about how if is it matching like this, or you're matching common content, just kind of watching those mm -hmm. nonverbal cues. Okay. Which is something that actually they get those on the spectrum get taught. Um, mm -hmm. I know that Curtis had to do a lot of that in his pragmatic speech. <laughs> um, so that's one of the places where that will come. And then our second now I had to, at first I had to read this a couple of times because I thought, is this a typo? Um, so it is person first point of view. Correct. It's a person before their disabilities. Um, okay. It's a new way of thinking. When I went to college in 2009, um, you used to label them just those with, intel like you would say intellectual disability or they're autistic or um, some people are comfortable saying they are saying they're artists, autistic, which is fine. Um, but when we had to write papers informally, um, we had to say children with autism um, or male with intellectual disability. So you're putting the person first because their disabilities is only part of who they are. Mm 
And so you're always, so when it says person point of view, first point of view, it's you're putting the person first. Right. Okay. And that's what we always need to do is, you know, I always look at that person first, um, regardless of whether it's um, a, I guess you call it a visible disability and invisible disabilities. Um, Right. I read a very interesting article about um, invisible disabilities, which is kind of the category that autism would fall into because you can't, there's, there's no outward um, appearances or anything that, you know, signify that the person is autistic. And so um, that's why it's called the invisible disability. And this particular article was talking about how the handicapped parking spots don't account for those with invisible disabilities. Which I thought was interesting because um, in a way, I have an invisible disability when it comes to what's called, um, I have what's called fibromyalgia. So, mm-hmm. um, and that can be almost crippling at day on some days, but, um, right. You can't get, tell by looking at me that I have fibromyalgia. No. So, um, yeah. So a person first point of view. I like that. I really like that. So I as like we that. get into this, um, that was actually our first tip. I know you don't have your notes, so I, I don't. <laughs> I'll take the notes and form them into questions and ask you. How's that? Fair enough. That okay. sounds good. <laughs> okay, so person first. So that mean we need to treat them as a person first and foremost before anything mm-hmm. else. Correct. So it kind of goes off of what you said. Um, I kind of read um, earlier and did some of the research when you're talking about ind- uh, indivisible and visible um, Mm -hmm. disabilities. And as you said, autism does fall underneath the indivisible. You can't walk into a store when this kid is having a meltdown or the Mm -hmm. kid's crying. You don't know if he has autism or not. Um, You just can't look at him. So it kind of feeds into the people uh, person first point of view because you're just going to see a kid. Okay, treat him like a kid. Um, Say hi. Say hello. You can wave. You can compliment and just greet him like you would normal with any other kid okay Okay. um all right so if when you greet them there's no response then what should you do (laughs) okay um so this goes back to talking about sensory overload um Mm -hmm. if you remember um those with autism a lot of times they're taking in all their senses at once and it Mm kind of comes to a block so what happens is their brain can't process quick enough. That means your nonverbal cues. That means, um, I love the grocery store cause it's the best example. Right. Um, you know, the stacking of cans, if you're doing a display, the rolling of the carts, the lighting, so many different sounds. And all of a sudden you have this person going, Hey, how are you? And they don't respond. They're still taking in a lot of the other. So instead just be like, don't ask a thousand questions. Don't mm-hmm. ask, don't repeat your question. Um, right. because a lot of times the parent will go, Hey, hold on, he's doing fine, or the parent might answer for you. Um, You can just wave or you can just be like, okay, well, I'm doing good. And you just kind of keep walking and just be nonchalant about it because you did greet him. It's not that you didn't greet him. It's just, it's like, I can't do this. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll answer in a broken fragment. They may be like phone and you're kind of like, 
that's when you look to the parent and be like, Hey parent, can you, can you translate for me? Can you, yeah. um, help me out? <laughs> you <laughs> yes, know? Yes. And, um, yes. Um, I like, yeah, the, the, uh, grocery store analogy is one thing that I used to, um, when I originally would, when we, Curtis was in brick and mortar, one of the things I would tell them is you have to make sure and understand that, um, because I think I read this in one of uh, the sensory uh, processing disorder books. When you think of a child with autism, they do not have the filter that we do. Their brain mm -hmm. is not filtering. You know, we can filter out the sound of fans or air conditioners. Right. Um, you know, most of the time, most of us do not recognize until it is an annoying about ready to you know right. bust light you know the fluorescent right. lights we don't hear that hum until it's flickering and about ready to go out in the first place mm -hmm. but that's all the same sound it's at the same level and so trying to be able to bring that out is really you know to to regulate who in the world is trying to talk or say something right. is so incredibly difficult for them mm -hmm. so sometimes it's best to say, Hey, let's come over here and talk. Right. Um, in a quieter area, say if you're right. at church or something like that, to take them over to an area that's a little bit quieter or as the parent, you know, I'll recognize if somebody's trying to talk to them and I'll take them over to a corner and right. talk to them, you know, so that they know that it's too loud to talk to them. Right. I like that. Um, okay. So, uh, what if, you know, one of the things I think you you put on here too, that it was talking about being patient yeah. if they don't understand or they don't respond. Um, right. And I think that's amazing because we have to make sure that we are patient and let them let us in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, anything else uh, you'd say to that? Uh, um, I would, because um, a lot of it goes back to if they're lower functioning, um, WH questions are how a lot of them don't even know their own feelings, mm -hmm. um, how to label their own feelings. So how are right. you today? Or that normal phrase or social phrase is not taught until later on or when oh, they yeah. understand their own, um, feelings and their own growth. Mm -hmm. Um, with that being said, if you notice that the kid's not talking or whatever, start playing peekaboo with them. Because oh, yeah. you could pick up nonverbal cues with that because a kid's going to go and like, look at you like, um, okay. <laughs> and you just start playing peekaboo or you're like, Hey, I like the color of your shirt. And sometimes it might've been his favorite shirt that day. And guess what? You just opened up his whole door. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're just being kind to him. And when you find that one little outlet, their whole world's like here. I will totally hand everything over to you because you totally understand what's going through. Yeah. And this, and that's why just a simple wave sometimes instead of saying, hi, how are you? Or mm -hmm. anything like that. Just a simple wave is more than enough for them. Yeah. Um, don't expect eye contact. Um, oh, yeah. Some of them actually have to work on that. Um, yeah. It's a social moray in a lot of ways. Um, I know some cultures, you can't look at some people in the eye because it's disrespectful. Um, so it has to be taught for those with autism here because that's the way the United States and the culture is. Um, so don't expect contact. They'll, they're listening to you. I promise you yes. <laughs> they're listening. <laughs> it may take yes. a little bit, yes, they but are. 
<laughs> they are. So um, just kind of having, I wouldn't say lower expectations, um, but just kind of have a little bit more patience and a little bit understanding. Um, because if you see a kid who looks about 10 and you find out that they have autism, sometimes they're only on the mental age of a seven-year-old. Right. Um, you know, kind of yeah. just, mm-hmm. but you don't know well, that. You just, you yeah. know, but... Well, and once you find out they have autism, you kind of have to, it's not lower expectations, it's different expectations. It's just a different set of things. I mean, I remember one of the things we had to do for Curtis in church and children's church is that he needed to move. He couldn't sit there. Um, And so he would walk and pace back and forth behind all the rest of the students. Right. And he may not be completely looking at the teacher, but when it came time to question and answer time, he was yeah. rattling off those answers 100 percent knew exactly what had been said and so he was listening in his own way um and sometimes you know all of us need a little motion to be able to learn something right? at times right. so it is different uh, expectations but how you get there is totally what we're trying to get across today yeah um yeah so. all right so uh connecting with their interests how can Correct. we do that? Um, I'm going to brag on my mom. My mom's amazing. Um, we have these discussions all the time. Um, and, and it just kind of goes back to the grocery store. Prime example. Um, and she does it naturally. So you right. can actually do A lot of people do it naturally. So if you don't think technical about it, you, you do it naturally. So she sees a kid in front of, uh, like, you know how you're standing in line. And she sees right. a kid in the little buggy cart. And of course the kid's candy, just says candy, you know, and he's about two or three years old. And the mom says, no, well, he goes into like huge irate. And of course the mother gets is getting stressful, getting just Mm. all my mom did was look, she said, you know what, let's play peekaboo and just totally distracted the kid. Mm -hmm. And it was enough to be able to, I like, and then once she got him calmed down so the mom can do what she needed to do to be able to move him forward. Uh She's like, he's like, phone, I like you. I like what's going on with your phone. What's, what's on your phone and started kind of like interacting and Mm -hmm. it made the whole different world. And that's all we're asking. That's how you connect because he now is no worry one no longer worried about mm-hmm. you know the mom is like oh you helped me out and then yes. now you're connecting and he's showing you what's on the phone because a lot of them have ipads these days and a lot of yeah. them have phone a lot of them it's repeated music thomas mm-hmm. the train um yes. a lot of these same old you know putting things in a line kind of deals and you can see it even out in the mm-hmm. real world or you know in restaurants just be like hey I really like that train. Don't try to move the train. Don't touch any of their objects. Don't. (laughs) Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, No touch. (laughs) But just wait until they give it to you because that's their way of saying, here, you know, I really like you. Um, Sometimes they'll have something on their shirt like dinosaurs. Oh, what does a dinosaur say? Roar. And you just have fun. with it and they're like, ooh. And some of them might be old enough to be talking to you all day about dinosaurs. Don't get yes. mad. Don't go, oh, I shouldn't have ever act. No, just let this kid talk to you about dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. If it's, and <laughs> if know? it's in a setting that's um, 
where you're trying to connect with them on a regular basis? Like right. you said dinosaurs. Um, Curtis has gone from dinosaurs to Godzilla. Everybody oh. in his youth group knows he likes Godzilla. But if you really want to connect with him, learn a little bit about Godzilla. So yep. you can have a little bit of a conversation with him. Right. And he will know that you spent the time and you are wanting to connect to him. And that's right. one thing you can do, even like if you're in, in middle school or high school, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, look at what the person is wearing, what they may be doing. If you mm -hmm. see repeated type things that they do all the time, mm -hmm. you know, Curtis doesn't have any Godzilla t-shirts, but he has a ton of Star Wars t-shirts. There you go. Talk to him about Star Wars. Exactly. And the peers could do the same. Um, mm -hmm. Parents can prep their, their kids saying, hey, if you go to school and you see any of these repeated kids with these repeated questions or these repeated actions, all you do is, hey, teach the kid to like, okay, what is he wearing? What can my kid pay attention to, mm -hmm. to be able to pull them in for inclusion? Because it takes both parts. Yeah, yes, we teach does. kids with autism how to socialize, but it also takes the other side and how to educate your child to pick up some of these nonverbal right. cues, mm -hmm. some of these, you know, because as an elementary, it's easier, right. um, you know, but as you get to middle school and high school, that's when you need to start teaching children and themselves how to redirect, mm -hmm. um, how to pay attention to just go up and just have this 20 minute conversation or learn a fact with them so they can bring mm -hmm. the fact. Um, because as you said, it lit, it lights up Curtis's world. It's like, oh, you are my friend. Like you, you're, you're trying... interested in me. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and then even if it is something and you know, yes, I will fully admit Curtis will talk your leg off about <laughs> Godzilla. But if you're in a situation in which he needs to turn his ten attention to something else right what is a way that you know if you're with somebody and they start talking about something and they're going and going and going and say they're in some sort of class and the teacher needs to start how can you kindly and i'm stressing the word kindly <laughs> help them make that transition we technically call it redirection correct um normally what i do is we say hey um if it's a time constraint so if we're talking about time constraint for classrooms mm -hmm. let's just say classroom um i'll say hey i think that's a really cool idea i really like that you're really excited about it hey why don't we speak about this time and you can give them a timer um you'd be like in 20 minutes you could tell the whole class all about it um mm -hmm. there that's one way um, if you're in a church or things like that, be like, hey, that's really, really cool. I love it. However, we kind of need to focus. Um, let's shift it. But at the same time, we can always come back to it. But right now, we just need to take a pause. We need to take a stop. And that's really nice. But what you do first is you compliment about how, how interested that is awesome. You're complimenting right. about that is awesome. It's not that I don't want to talk about it because nine times out of 10, when you say, no, I don't want to talk about it, they take it as, oh, you don't like me. You don't have don't interest in me. Friend. You don't want to be my friend. When reality, mm -hmm. it's one of those double meanings um, where it's like, we know that it just needs to pause. It just needs to right. stop. We can always go back. But in a kid's world, when it's like this all the time, mm -hmm. it's like, it's almost like a calming mechanism in some ways. And so how do you 
help and redirect a calming, calming mechanism and things like that. And that's how you do yeah. it. Just like, I think that's really cool and emphasize it. And then, hey, we can always come back to it and then follow up. That's yes. key. You have to follow up because um, mm-hmm. if you don't follow up the next time you say it, forget yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just forget about it. Yeah. And yeah, peers could do that. Peers mm-hmm. can do that. And that's what a peer buddy does. Yes. You know, in the school setting. And that's exactly what a peer buddy does. It goes, hey, well, remember. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. you know, peer buddies are really important, um, good peer buddies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference between a good peer buddy and a bad peer buddy. Um, <laughs> but good peer buddies yeah. can really help in that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, always just, you know, saying, hey, um, uh this could be great. Well, let's get back to it another time. Um, it's, it's very helpful for them to let them know that you are taking interest in them and whatever it is that right. they have to say. Right. Um, I was thinking there was something, but it kind of, there was something that you said that I latched onto, but then it went, whoosh. um, <laughs> I am little tired today. So <laughs> myself, Maybe it's me. It- calming mechanism maybe something i I, yeah um consistency is one of the keys and i i will be the first to admit as an autism parent i am not perfect and consistency is hard because there are so many ways for us to be consistent but um to follow through oh i think the negative part of it um an autistic child will maybe not think that you want to may not want to be their friend anymore because they are incredibly literal, incredibly literal. Right. Um, so you have to be careful when you're talking to them, you have to be very careful in how you word things. Do not talk in double meanings. Do not, um, say something that, uh, we'll see one of them's, so sorry. <laughs> That's Sagan. Um, that is my dog. <laughs> yep. But no worries, because I think Chewie was going crazy downstairs anyway. So, um, no, one of the things I was thinking of. Um, so, I can't say, when we say drop it to somebody who has autism. Oh. <laughs> they will literally drop whatever's in their hands they will they won't drop what they're saying they will drop Drop what's in their hands (laughs) i remember that yes so you have to be specific about exactly what you mean um right lately curtis has been able to reiterate with me um and and nikki and derek be more specific you have to be specific i didn't know what you were saying you know so we got to kind of think about those things, you know, sometimes it's, we kind of, when they're in the moment and as the, as the family, we're learning that, oh yeah, we can say things like that. But then like the other day in um, youth group, we had to jump out of the zoom call because we were talking about a scripture in um, Matthew where um, Jesus was trying to make the point that if something causes you to sin, it was the scripture that says, if, if, if your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. Oh, oh, it wasn't no. meant to be literal. 
Well, no, it was not. <laughs> but Curtis just about had a conniption because he was like, I'm out of this. I'm not chopping my hands off. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. You it's don't okay. have to chop your hands off. Nope, it's not like that anymore. So right. we had to jump out and I had to explain it to him. Um, but right. some of those things, you know, uh, you, you got to make sure that you're not speaking um, in double meaning or right. sometimes the metaphors and things can be a little right. bit confusing for them. So try to keep those out of conversation. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Nonverbal cues. So they, autistic people are taught um, very extensively on how to identify nonverbal cues, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you and I can't uh that we don't forget to watch right. for their non-verbal cues what Correct. what all do we need to pay attention for um i wouldn't say eye contact um mm -hmm. normally you would do eye contact um with the typical but if you notice they're not paying don't it's more watch their face because you could see like you could tell this is tense mm -hmm. you could tell that's tense and then you can see this. Mm -hmm. That's a nonverbal cue. You can see that. Or you can see that you're talking to them and they're like this, but they're looking up and they're kind of going like this. That means they're interested, but they're also interested in what you're saying as well. Um, mm -hmm. Just because they look at their screen doesn't mean that they're ignoring or being bored. Um, right. So just watch those facials because they will smile. Even if they don't laugh or they can't say that's funny, they will smile at you and be like, <laughs> that's good like yeah. you can tell it's kind of mm -hmm. like knowing your best friend or your spouse or significant other very right. very well because we do it naturally Jess mm -hmm. um, we take everything and we take everything into account if you own animals you're paying to the they're paying to their attention to all their nonverbal cues you know exactly oh, yeah. what a certain tone means you know exactly mm -hmm. if they're laying down and things like same thing if you pay attention to your significant other, you know exactly what tone means what. You know exactly when they're tense and not. You could pick that up even if the kid is a stranger. You can mm -hmm. totally pick that up. It's the same thing, but you're just broadening it to mm -hmm. others. And um, when they, yeah, when they start that stimming, so mm -hmm. that's rocking or whatever. Sometimes that they're trying to help them, you know, with self regulation, mm -hmm. and so. That may be something that we have to kind of, okay, back off a little bit mm -hmm. um, because it may be something that's um, tense for them. Correct. Or answering too many questions or asking, because sometimes if you ask, hey, how are you? And all of a sudden the kid starts doing this. You kind of, you kind of know like, wait, okay. He doesn't answer that question. Okay. I'm just going to go to, you know, just games and not ask you any questions. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good point. Um, do you see nonverbal, what are some nonverbal cues that you pick up from Curtis that oh, you've recognized? I know that he, um, tends to pick, he'll start with his hands, start fiddling and almost wringing his hands cause he'll pick, mm -hmm. um, he, uh, tends to kind of crouch in if he is really, really, I mean, if things are really bad, I've, I've noticed here lately with some of the storms and stuff, he's actually started to rock again. He hasn't done that a long time, um, but storms stress him out. And so right. he will, um, he'll, he'll rock back and forth. Um, 
I see it sometimes in school when he's stressed, he'll be rocking back and forth and stuff. So there's another um, one. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, there's a comment. Um, Al says, Oh, wow. So much truth in this, the literalness of what you say. Our Justice, who you met at Going Cashing last year, Jessica, is autistic. He loves watching the Nano Kids, too. That's Aww. amazing. That's that is awesome. amazing. Um, and, yeah, Curtis is on. And you can tell, I mean, if if you um, watch one of his episodes of the Nano Kids um, on YouTube, he will, um, you can tell he's not, we had to teach him. Um, there's this thing. Don't get offended, cat lovers. <laughs> but there's this cover that goes over a microphone to keep, and it's all fuzzy. It's called a dead cat. That's just the term for it. <laughs> just, that's what it is. Um, we had to teach him that when he's um, looking to say something, he has to look at that dead cat. Um, the microphone <laughs> cover. Um, I love it. I love uh, it. When he's to try to get him to look at the camera, to look at the camera lens. So, um, yeah, it's, awesome. um, and that was, a, that gives him a point of reference to look at. Right. So, um, what is now when we're thinking about all of these things and I just briefly, briefly want to touch on this, um, in dangerous situations. Okay. Yeah? What can we do in a dangerous situation? You know, if something has happened, mm -hmm. um, an autistic child, uh, autistic person is more than likely car accident. Um, you know, something's happening. They are going to pretty much automatically almost completely shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but to, in order to help them out of that, you know, if a parent's incapacitated, that's going to put um, first responders at a real risk right? Uh, because they've got to figure out what to do on their own. If a parent right. is still there and able to say something, they can help kind of coax things. But in dangerous situations, how can we help even, you know, even like a fire alarm at school can, um, uh, can almost shut down an autistic child. Right. Um, what are some of the things that we can do to bring them out of if, if there's something that we have to either move quickly or do something quickly, right. how do we coax them out of the complete shutdown and bring them uh, back really... out to be able to move? <laughs> <laughs> That's a complex question, Jessica. Yes, Remember when you meet one child with Just, autism, you've only you met one. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, I, if you are a parent, um, with the child with autism and they're nonverbal and they can't say I'm autistic or they haven't been taught to yet. Um, mm -hmm. I say definitely put something on your windows, um, put mm -hmm. something, um, on the child's seat because a lot of them are still in, uh, what are they called? Booster they're seats seat or that. Belts. The right. seatbelt cover thing. Right. Put something on the seatbelt saying, hey, because they, they actually do something, but they say, I have an autistic child. My child's nonverbal, um, which responders are actually getting taught a lot more on how to respond with kids, with children with autism. Um, mm -hmm. But let's say they haven't had it. Um, 
I can't speak for everybody. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, but there is a story that you were telling me, which I thought was really highlighted in what we need to, as a community, help with. Um, You said the car was caught on fire and that the child was with autism and couldn't move. And so what the cops decided to do was, hey, we just got to pick him up and physically move him. Um, I know that there is a fine line because not only do first responders put in their own life on hand, um, on the front line, how do you know that the kid who is belligerent, maybe the kid has gone belligerent. How do you, um, you know, I think there needs to be more research, honestly, um, and how to help instead of handcuffing, because that's just going to make it, but I know the handcuffs is not so much to arrest him, but to keep him safe and keep others safe from it. So maybe, how do you judge that? How do you? That's a toughie. We'll have to, we'll have to do some more. toughie, you know, and I just think maybe pay attention to their nonverbal cues, honestly, as a first responder. And since you have a video camera, like you're, you're always running video cameras, stayed in the video camera. Hey, I've noticed that there's a ribbon on here on this car. He's not responding. I'm just going to pick him up and move it. So you're stating your actions for the video. So if, because unfortunately in this world, it only takes one angle to go completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And now, now what? So if you stated on the video, like, Hey, I'm doing this because I recognize so-and-so. So if you have a bad view, you're now protecting yourself and you're still protecting the child. Um, I, that's a hard, That's we'll, have to do some, we'll have to do some more research into that one. Um, it is. But what can um, we I do? Know when I... Go ahead. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Jennifer asks, without asking my son, it's hard to tell whether he's rocking from excitement or overstimulation and anxiety, which that could be an actual stim that you see in multiple situations. Right. How do you tease, um, how do you two tease out the meaning behind the stims? Antecedents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And explained an antecedent. Antecedent is something that happened before the behavior. Um, So, for example, let's say his anxiety. You notice that um, I'll, if you don't mind me talking about Curtis. um, With Curtis, I knew that the nail picking would always really start occurring before tests. So he was. Mm -hmm. So I knew. Okay, he has anxiety about the test. Right. Um, whereas some of the nail picking was in social settings where somebody he didn't know, well, the antecedent would be, he doesn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go above and beyond and go out of my comfort zone. And so of course I'm excited, like anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. so Jennifer, my best advice is what is happening before the stimming? And then you'll be able to pinpoint if it's excitement or mm-hmm. if it's, um, anxiety or overstimulation, cause you'll mm-hmm. be able to pick it up. Well, and that goes for those in maybe in gen ed classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, to always look at, and when you're around kids with autism, always look and try to find the antecedent or what has right. happened beforehand. That's right. going to tell you a good place to start of what's going on with their right. um, actions and with what they are doing and how they're responding to you. Correct. Correct. Um, so, uh, I mean, I know, I think of, you know, Curtis got trapped in a bathroom once in the, uh, when he was much younger, when the fire alarm went off. 
Whoa, and the fire alarm was sense. in the little tiny bathroom. And it reverberated. So no. that sound completely just terrified him. And so for probably, gosh, three or four years after that, you had to tell him, and he was the only student that was told um, that there was going to be a fire alarm that day. Mm-hmm. And he was taken aside because he had to know or it was going to be, it would be an all out meltdown. Right. right. Um, so see, so Jennifer says he, he does. Okay. So she's speaking about the rocking. He right. does it either during meals or watching TV shows or movies where it could be either. Very, very true. That is true. Because because the rocking could be because it's something he doesn't like or there's a texture that he doesn't like in the meal or mm-hmm. it could be his favorite thing. Um, yeah. And then, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess there wouldn't you be asking not, um, not directly asking why are you rocking, but if it's at the mm-hmm. dinner table, couldn't you say something like, do you do you like those green beans? Right. Do you like those green beans? And he could tell you yes or no. Um, if you've seen the movie, um, it may be the stimulation, but if he's not rocking through the whole movie in only certain parts, really go in and see, is it the excitement of the movie? Is it the music that's mm-hmm. heightened? You can ask him, hey, is it the music? Do you like the music? Do you? And you're asking yes or no. And just kind of gauge it. You may have to do it not just in one sitting, but over a whole bunch of setting because right. you can just ask, do you like the green beans? Yes. Okay. The next time you give him green beans and he has the same motion, then you know that he really likes green beans. Um, go. You can isolate the foods um, mm-hmm. to really play games. You know, like when you go on a diet, you just kind of mm-hmm. isolate certain things. It's the right, same right. thing. Um, same so. thing with movies or TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe play just the song out of the show. And is it the music? Um, mm-hmm. You're just going to have to isolate, go back to, which one is he focusing on at the time? And you have to dive in. Okay, all right. My five senses are heightened right now. What five senses is more heightened than the other? And you just isolate it. Okay, is it this one? And you'll be able to tell Jen with your kid if it's the music or it's the movie. Yeah. But you can block out one of the senses by just mm-hmm. isolating one of them. Right. That's good. That's good. All right. So as we kind of... Um, <laughs> wrap up yes. that's <laughs> um, on this subject are there some sayings or things that people kind of need to throw out before they try to um, come and come in contact with um, uh, those with autism uh, mm-hmm. parents um, what do you think Um, I think there is, and it's just from my experiences of being with families and learning what saying kind of bothers them and gets down. The Mm -hmm. biggest one, and it even bugs me as a special ed teacher, and I'm actually very opinionated on it, um, I'll be honest with you, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's please don't tell a parent or a child when they say, hey, I have autism, because that takes a lot of courage for the kid with autism, but don't tell that yes. kid, oh, that's okay. Um, we all have a little autism in us. Hmm. One that's downplaying 
to you're just now telling the kid that his autism is no longer important even though you meant very very well your intentions were good but that kid is going to take it so literally like what you you have autism too hold on but you're not like me and it confuses them Mm -hmm. but on another level on a third level that's demeaning it's demeaning (laughs) i don't mean to use such harsh vocabulary words but I seen it more than not as a white when I was working with parents and I would quell the parents because I'm like, I don't think they mean it that way. Give them the benefit of the doubt. But that's mm-hmm. a saying that occurs more often than not. That's like saying I'm stupid. Oh, we're all stupid. That shouldn't be done either. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I'll stop before I get my little tangent here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I I've heard the saying um that, that I know people are mean well with this as well right. and they are trying to um maybe uh I don't know relate yeah um I've heard it said and especially it'll say to me um you know God doesn't won't give you anything more than you can handle um that's great in certain situations that applies However, right. in this situation, I don't think it applies because um, a friend of mine, uh, my husband and I is actually, um, uh, that we were talking to um, had an autistic child as well. And he said, you know, um, it's not like that. We have to look at it in the fact that God has given us these precious angels to care for for a little while. That's right. And they are precious angels. And they the are. truth of the matter is, um, he's, I, my dad has always told me to, um, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. called. Yeah. So, um, that kind of helps me. But the other thing is, you know, we can't lose sight of the fact that these kids, um, are so amazing. I mean, I know they that are. you, you've seen it. I see it with my child and I just want everybody to understand that even though he's different, he is amazing. Oh, he is. And I will, I'll be the first to tell you that he can irritate the mm, out of me, just like <laughs> any other mother, any other mother with their child. Yeah. Cause they're but, always children um, first, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, they're going to be a kid. They, they, they give you a run for, run for your money. Um, and, uh, that is, um, oh, Jennifer has a great one. God knew your child needed a special set of parents like you. Yeah. See that makes it knowing that that's exactly right. Uh, Jennifer, I love that. Um, I love that saying. Cause like it recognizes it. that it's a strength. That's a strength. Mm-hmm. And it's not demeaning. It doesn't have a double meaning. Like God bless has a double meaning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. like, um, I like that. That's, yeah, I do. That's a good one. But, you know, for any and everybody to be able to understand how much more, uh, how special these kids are, right. how special these people are, if you will just take the time. Yeah, it's going to take a little more on your part to get oh, yeah. to know them. Oh yeah. To really, and it's going to take a while. 
for them to let you in. But once you get in, it never goes away. No, never. They are some of the most loyal people. That's right. You thought you knew what loyal was. <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> but they are great, great people. And it's just, you relate to them and you see what a joy they can be. And when they get it, when they, they understand certain things and they're able to relate and you get to see a glimpse of their world and how it looks to them and there's that understanding, there, there's nothing like it in the world. No. There really isn't. There there's really not. isn't. So mm -hmm. I would encourage each and every one of you out there who's listening to this or watching this, make sure that you do your best to take that extra step and try mm -hmm. to truly connect, not right. just communicate, but connect, connect mm -hmm. with, um, anybody on the spectrum. It, it, it'll be an amazing thing. Um, wow. Well, um, so <laughs> if I you do. guys have any other questions, um, any other things that you might want us to talk about or any other questions about how to connect, please be sure and email us at info at myspectrumlife.com. Um, mm -hmm. Any topics, any questions, uh, we'll be more than happy to reply and to possibly have a whole entire episode on oh. your question. Yes. Um, where are some of the places they can find us? Um, you can find us at facebook.com backslash myspectrumlife, instagram.com backslash myspectrumlife, twitter.com, backslash my spectrum life one and if you're watching on youtube please look down below to the subscribe button and hit subscribe for us we would greatly appreciate that and as we always say um well with a lot of faith a whole lot of love, a lot of love. <laughs> and a few million fidget toys because <laughs> they'll get broken lost or both uh, <laughs> yes, you'll make it. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.